Hello and welcome back to Inside Sound. This week I'm joined by Joe Rich, Kundalini teacher and founder of Raw Elevation, a company that helps people from all backgrounds create balance in their lives through practices like Kundalini yoga, meditation and breathwork. Before we begin, this is a video call so please be aware that the quality may vary throughout. Okay, so we'll just bring the palms together at the heart center. Just soften or close the eyes and we'll just take um, just a couple of deep breaths just to ground ourselves before we begin. So just a nice deep inhale all the way down into the belly. Slow, gentle exhale. Just allowing any tension or stress just to fall away again. Nice deep breath in. And exhale. And we're going to tune in with the Adi Mantra, Ong Namo Guru Dev Namo, connecting deeply to that sense of self, that divine spiritual being that we all have within us, and the divine wisdom of the universe. So whether that's Mother Nature, a God, a Goddess, um, any universal energy that resonates with you, this mantra will open us up to feel that connection. So we're going to repeat the mantra three times and we're inhaling to begin. Thank you very much. It's a perfect way to start. What does Om Namo Guru Dev mean? What is the, the translation? So Om Namo Guru Dev Namo is I, I bow to the divine wisdom within and the divine wisdom um, of the universe. So for some people that is um, the teachers that have gone before them. So the gurus, um, even to, to be their immediate teacher, um, you know, it's connecting to in Kundalini Yoga, what's often referred to as the golden chain of lineage. Um, for me, when I chant that mantra, it's about connecting to that energy within, but also that universal energy, um, you know, the, the divine energy that, that supports us, that helps us, that guides us. And that shows up differently for different people. For some people, it's, you know, a specific god or goddess. For mm. some people, it might be Mother Nature, um, just walking amongst the trees. For some people, it's, you know, the power of the ocean, uh, however it resonates, just that universe, the energy that's bigger than us as individuals. That's the nice thing about it, isn't it? I feel it's that you don't have to have any particular faith or religion to be interested in these things. It's, um, it can be what you want it to be. It's what you make of it, much like most things. Yeah. Um, that's what I, I want to encourage listeners to feel is, oh, I don't, you know, I 
I'm Christian. I, this isn't really for me, but it, you know, just do it as it is for you. Imagine that it's God to you. It's something different for everyone. I like the way you put that because there is always Absolutely. a misconception with anything that's deemed as too spiritual or too religious it's always um, a difficult one but it's different for everyone yeah absolutely yeah and the language that we chant mantra in um it's called gurumukhi and it is in kundalini yoga it is a um derivation from sanskrit um in in uh relative terms it's more, more modern it's obviously not modern it's still very ancient but more modern than sanskrit um, and it is um, the language of the Sikh religion, the Sikh tradition. So for some people, they do choose to follow that path and they do um, go into to looking more at the religious elements of it as well. But for me, um, it's not so much about that. And the way that I share my practice and the mantras mm. uh, are more around the, um, the vibrational power of the sound. Um, whether or not you know what they mean they still carry this sure. um, you know this sort of sacred sound code so so yeah um everyone's interpretation is different, it's different. Um, mm. and you will yeah you'll find different different kundalini yoga teachers of varying levels of um of that but yeah my style is very much to 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 just feel how that resonates for you because we mm. all know that there's something greater than us you only have to look at the ocean to, or you know up at the sky to appreciate that mm. so just and to feel it's how, there how that is so how yeah. did you yeah. become a kundalini teacher how did what drew what drew you to it yeah so I actually um I found it by accident and this is a story that any kundalini yoga teacher you speak to is it always says the same thing oh I didn't mean to um I went to my my local um what was just a you know a rec center in Chiswick and I thought I was going to like a you know vinyasa flow or a hatha or something and I walked in and the room was dark and everyone knew the words to the mantra and I thought oh my goodness I don't know what this is <laughs> um and I didn't go back and that's the bit that's unusual is you often get people say oh I loved it and I went straight back and I mm. didn't go back I okay. didn't know what was going on I I hadn't kind of experienced it before and I was a bit sort of surprised um and yeah never really thought about it again 18 months later, I found it um, again, completely accidentally online. I was um, signing up to just do a, a challenge to raise your vibration and thought, oh, this looks good. I'll get involved. And it actually turned out that it was through the process of Kundalini Yoga. And at that point, um, you know, it, it just kind of clicked for me. So um, it's a really common story that you hear with, with, um, with people that it finds you. And if you're not ready for it yet, you, you don't accept it you don't take it but it will find you again <laughs> so it will keep coming up it will keep showing up in your path until you embrace it if it's if it's what you need if it's part of your journey so yeah it's it's funny isn't it? it's not one that people tend to know or have heard of or have have done um a lot of my friends that do yoga every day when I say kundalini yoga they think what in fact, when I was joining um, a yoga center around the corner from me here in Greenwich, I went in and I said, I don't suppose you do any kundalini. And he said, kundalini? Here? What? <laughs> That's crazy stuff. <laughs> it's totally different, but, you know, the same principles. But it it is 
if you don't know, if you walk in expecting, like you say, Hatha yoga or vinyasa yoga, you, you're, it's not what, what you get. But this, it's so beautiful. For me, it's my favorite. Yes. But I think whether or not that's to do with the fact that there is an element of music, although that's not the purpose, is not to sound beautiful. The element of sound within it, for me, is what makes it so special. Yeah, and and you're you're so right. You know, um, it encompasses all of the the elements of practice from all of the other styles of yoga. So we we move the body, we chant mantra, we use our finger positions for mudra. Um, you know, we go into meditation, we do shavasana for rest. Like there are elements that you'll see in other styles of yoga, but it is the the only style that kind of combines them all, and it gives you mm. a, a kind of a, a lot to do um often um but for me personally that is why it, it stuck um i was um work, you know working very very hard and um in a very sort of very good job but it was stressful and it it took all my energy and all my time and if i did sit down to meditate it was very difficult because my mind was very busy because i'm thinking i can't spend these 10 minutes sitting here I've got all these list long list of things to do um and it was the the mantra for me that enabled me to quiet my mind so by making sound I was able to quiet within mm. and and that's yeah it, it's such a powerful tool for that experience absolutely it's an it's an anchor I feel because like you I I struggled with I started meditation a few years back and I was very religious with it I'd twice a day and I got what I thought was good at it and you can't be good at meditation really and and then there came a point where I just had this block and I hit a wall and I couldn't um I just couldn't sit on the cushion anymore and it was having adding the song mantra into the practice that served as and this is the wrong use of word really served as a distraction because that's obviously not what it should be that's not the purpose but for my mind it was tricking it into thinking it was distracted but really it was anchoring it and I suppose it was focusing exactly that's what it was about not distracting yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, it was bringing you to focus yeah yeah exactly um is there any what would you say about the history of kundalini yoga is it a sketchy history or is it quite clear um it it's very clear how it came to be uh, in the West, and that was only in the the very um, late 60s, early 70s. It was um, first practiced in Canada, in the West, by um, a a teacher called Yogi Bhajan, who'd come from India. Um, Before that, it was very much a, um, what we would call like a Raj yoga, the King's yoga, the Warrior's yoga, it was, Mm-hmm. It was protected. It was hidden. It it was um, handed down from person to person to person to person. It wasn't taught openly, freely, big classes. Um, it was, I would select you to work with. I would teach you. You then might select the next person to teach. So it was a, a very um, elite yoga practice. And um, the belief is that's because it is so powerful. Mm. Um, that once you start you know you you open up um so many different elements of yourself you become a very powerful person a very powerful being and so that it it wasn't 
um, the way that everybody would have that power. That's the belief behind it. Um, Yogi Bhajan was taught and then travelled over to, to Canada and then just started to openly and freely share it, much to, um, much to the disapproval <laughs> of, uh, of his gurus. Um, <laughs> and, and, yes, and since then, you know, there's, um, as with a lot of, um, of, of, you know, yoga teachers, yoga gurus, we may call them, who brought this powerful practice to us, there has been some controversy surrounding his behaviours. Um, but for me, it hasn't detracted from my practice because the practice is, um, you know, older and, and mm. more sacred and he it's not his creation. He just was the vessel of, of bringing it over to us. So that's been a, a difficult journey for a lot of Kundalini yoga teachers. Um, it was one that um, actually I was helped out by by somebody who said to me, you know, you you may not like Bill Gates, but you're still going to use Microsoft Word because yes. there's no better. There's exactly. no better. So you know, we might not. It's like always going to be that. that taught us. Yeah. Yeah. But the information yeah. is useful. So, if it works for you, that's the most important thing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and by that point, I had enough faith in my own practice. My life had transformed from it. Um, mm. You know, I'd I'd gone from from working in in a job that I didn't take any personal enjoyment from. I had on the surface what looked like a wonderful life. You know, a great career, um, a nice apartment. You know, nice cars, mm. wonderful holidays, all of those kind of things. And I was very unfulfilled. And I I had this sense of longing or or you know I need something what's missing mm. and, and I think that a lot of people um ha have that and feel that and actually what's missing Absolutely. is the connect connection back to the self that's mm. what's missing um that's so, so true so is that the purpose of kundalini yoga would you say that connection yes. back to the self Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that, that is, um, for me, um, definitely that is my, my primary, um, purpose. Yeah. So, so that, that is the absolute purpose of it. It's to bring that balance, um, to the body, mind and soul. So it's, it's recognized as being the yoga of awareness. Um, but the awareness is, is of the self. So it's not awareness of everything external to you. Um, mm. it's creating that, um, internal uh, wisdom and knowledge that we all have it's creating that connection back to it so um yes it it really is very much that to me yeah it's a beautiful purpose and would it would you say also you said it's the connection the awareness of your the yourself as opposed to the external does it then help you to appreciate the external more so the things that perhaps were causing you burnout or unfortunate filling you before is it could that create enjoyment afterwards having practiced kundalini is it something you can bring into the sort of western life of the rat race yeah. you know yeah absolutely it, it gives you this renewed sense of balance you know the mm. the expansion the the consciousness um we often hear it called you know the awakening uh, especially if you do um experience a, a rate a rising of the kundalini energy that's where it kind of rises from the base of the spine. It's it's everybody has this energy dormant at the base of the spine. And when we open up our central channel, so our chakra system um, with movement, with moving the body, creating, you know, breaking up any blockages, anything we've got stuck, um, we can 
we can allow that awareness, that conscious awareness to flow and viewing the world with a, with that conscious awareness makes it a totally different place. You're, mm, you're so absolutely. right. Absolutely. So does the chakra system come back into, uh, as it does in in the previous interview, I was talking about Tibetan symbols and the chakra system and meridian system were also relevant. Is relevant here too? Yes, absolutely. Yes. So um, most of our our movements are focused on opening up um, the central channel of the body. So so what what is just our spine to us, um, but that is the central energy channel. Um, and in order to to do that, you know, we need to make sure we're in alignment, that our posture is good, but also that these energy centers, these points in our body are, are clear and able to, to flow. Um, and we often use um, something like a body lock, which is where we would tighten specific muscles um, to send that energy. So we might be feeling sort of stuck in one of the lower chakras and we'd use a body lock to just just encourage that energy to flow up into the higher chakras to give us that more kind of conscious awareness. Um, so yes, it, it definitely is related to that. Um, and in terms of meridian points, um, mantra especially really activates the meridian points uh, connected to the, to the brain. So on the roof of the mouth, we have 84 different meridian points that correlate into, into the areas of the brain. So um, by chanting and hitting the tongue on the roof of the mouth in a repetitive manner, we're sending this signal into the mind of, you know, whatever the intention of the mantra is. So it could be, um, you know, to bring more prosperity. So the the mantra that we're chanting, the mantra for prosperity is Ha, H-A-R. But when we chant it, we hit with the R sound, it becomes a bit more like a HUD because we want to hit the tongue on the roof of the mouth. So it's a HUD HUD sound, because that connection between the tongue and the roof of the mouth is stimulating the part of the mind that's connected mm. to prosperity. So it's, yeah, it, it very much is connected to the chakra system, um, the meridian system of the body, and all about that flow of energy and just being open to that flow. So what sort of power would you say then, as you just said about mantra, aside from being connected to parts of the brain, does it hold for healing? Yeah, so um, mantra, the first half of that word, man, um, means mind. Tra or trang um, is the the wave or the projection. So it's um, sometimes called nad yoga or the yoga of the mind um, when we're talking about just mantra on its own. Um, And each syllable, word, phrase, whether it's in Sanskritic, Kodamuki, or even sometimes we chant in English in Kundalini Yoga, which is obviously a more modern um, derivation of the practice, but it is quite nice to do sometimes. Um, An example of a mantra we might use in English is I am. When we say I am, our our mind will automatically connect Mm. to whatever we say next. There's a beautiful Kundalini meditation where we just hold our hand up and we move it slightly closer and say I am further away say I am and all we're saying is I am I am I am teaching the mind that we just are we are this being spiritual form you know in this human experience and that we are who we are and and when we don't need that external anything else we're not 
you know, I'm not tired, I'm not this, I'm not that, I am. So that's a, an example of, of English. Um, but whether we're chanting in, in Sanskrit, Kurumukhi or English, um, it does help us to, to focus the mind, to elevate the consciousness um, through its meaning to a degree, but also through the sound itself. So the rhythm, the tone, that reflexology on the roof of the mouth, as we just spoke about, all of those things um, are what makes mantra so powerful. So even if we don't know the meaning of a mantra, and where possible, I do like to share the meaning, because I think if you can make a conscious connection to it, it is nice. But, you know, if you're chanting on your own and, and or you hear a mantra and you just pick it up, it just becomes you know, that mm. earworm that you can't get out of your <laughs> mind, the chances are that's doing something for you that you need. Um, and it doesn't matter if you don't know what that means. It's the sacred sound, this, um, you know, the, the vibration of it, whether you're singing it, whether it's coming from inside out or whether it's vibrating through your aura around your body, that's that's what's kind of um, talking to your 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 spirit your soul but also the the cellular structure of your okay um, of your body so so you know um when you speak nicely to water and it forms in that wonderful way because we're yes, talking yeah. in this yeah, so same kind of thing you know our body a lot of our body is made up of water i think it's more than 70 percent. so when we're getting these vibrations um and even if we're just absorbing them even if we're not chanting them they're they're having these wonderful um yeah, wonderful reactions to, to the body. So with the mantra, I often notice that it's combined with movement. What is it about combining the two that makes it both so powerful? Is that quite common or is it necessary to have the movement? Um, it's not necessary. You still get wonderful, wonderful benefits from mantra. Um, when we combine with the movement, it's often for a specific meditation. Um, so when we are chanting mantra and we're activating parts of the brain, we can also do the same with our mudra system. So with our hands, you know, different mm. fingers correlate um, to different areas of focus. Um, you know, they all have a planetary um, connection as well. Um, so if you're working with external energies, you might, you know, choose to call in a, an energy of a planet. That's why we kind of move through. Um, they have different characteristics, so we might have a, a, um, a mudra for communication, as an example, so how to communicate, you know, that's our focus. Um, but when we do connect them together, they can be really powerful and one can, can support and, and really enhance the other. Um, so, you know, a great example of a meditation for that is the Kirtan Kriya, which is, um, is very well studied now. It's one that's... Um, was researched by the, um, I think it was the Alzheimer's um, Society Institution um, on the benefits of um, creating better stimulation of the mind to improve our memory. So by using a combined mudra mantra, we are stimulating the mind so much that it, even when we're not doing it, we're still receiving the benefits from it. We're still able to um, you know, work on building that muscle memory of the mind. So it's it's really powerful. Um, and you know, as an example, that that specific meditation, we also um, chant it in three different pitches. So we chant it aloud in our 
okay. voice of the human in this kind of voice here um, to represent the awareness of things in the world, things around us. Um, then we chant it in a whisper, so a lower voice, which is thought to be um, that intimate voice, the voice of the lover, that kind of really mm. nice intimate energy. Um, and often that's where we might experience that sense of um, longing to belong. You know, I, mm. I want to belong. And, and so that's the whisper. Um, and then we'll just mentally vibrate the mantra. So it's silent, um, but it's it's the voice of the divine. So it's the voice in our mind, in our being, still having that um, effect on us. And that's bringing in, you know, that... Um, infinity energy that that infinite kind of wisdom guidance um and that kind of stimulation that's within all of us but without having to be speaking it out loud so sure yeah so even the possibly a good way to start if you if you're a bit nervous about starting the practice start doing 100%. it mentally in your head yeah. okay. absolutely yes yeah absolutely that is a wonderful way to begin um, and for a lot of people, I, mantra is uncomfortable. You know, when I have new people come to the class, <laughs> I, I always say, I know that it feels strange. I know it's out of your comfort zone. You know, it's what stopped me from going back. Let's face oh, really? it. I, I've, been okay. where, I've been where you are. You know, everybody knew the mantra. I had no idea what was happening. And I thought, so. oh my gosh, <laughs> like, I, f I feel like I'm on the outside here. So, um, but it just it just starts to resonate with you and you'll just you know you might just be listening to a spotify playlist or something and you, mm. and you get this what is that i need to listen to that again and you end up putting it on repeat because the the sacred sound current in that whatever it is working on um, and each mantra has um in in kundalini yoga each mantra has a a meaning a purpose um and so you'll often find that when you go to it and you you know you might look it up you could just google it, it everything's on on the internet but you can just look it up and go and and it will be an area where you think oh i felt blocked there or i've got energy i need to move through and and actually this sacred sound current without you doing anything is is doing that for you so it's so you really sort of instinctively powerful. knew it's the one that that you needed yeah, yeah. yeah. and and the body knows <laughs> absolutely and you're you know if you if you have them on around the house there are some teachers who suggest you know literally playing them 24 7 like even when you're in bed just can be such a, a low 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 volume but it's just constantly putting the vibrational frequency out into your surrounding can be really uplifting so yeah are there some mantras powerful. that you shouldn't play around that a time of going to bed is there is there one for relaxing um, calming down the mind well <laughs> there's probably not specifically one that I would say to avoid um I think I mean there are some that are more energizing there are some okay. that are, are bringing in that kind of more um uh warrior energy um it it really depends on what it is that you are in need of so the mantra that we chanted at the beginning on namo guru dev namo that is a perfect mantra for any time and you'll find it in all different styles of recording some really uplifting some to move the body some really peaceful and really quiet because it's connecting us to ourself and sometimes we are really uplifted and we want to dance and we want to move and sometimes we <laughs> just need to be peaceful and we need to go within and we need that space so mm, absolutely they, they're all quite transferable um there's there's none that I would say absolutely avoid 
Um, <laughs> but on the on the flip side, um, there are some that are great for the morning. Um, some that, you know, were were Yogi Bhajan suggested for um, the Aquarian Age a sadhana practice, which is a um, a set of mantras. Um, that would be a, a 62 minute meditation so you chant the mantras throughout that time so that can be um, yeah that's a very powerful practice to do especially if you're in a group um, and you practice together suddenly that that power and that energy is is amazing you really feel that um, yeah the 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 one to kind of start you off in that energy is um, Ekonkar, Satnam, Siriwa, Heguru, and you'd use that to open up the channel. So you chant, it's quite a long chant, and the Ek is, is at the root chakra. The Ong comes up to the sacral chakra. Ka um, comes up to the solar plexus. Sat is the heart. Nam, so our name, is at our throat. Mm. Siri at the third eye. And then Awaheguru comes out and around the head. And then you create this kind of vortex of energy flowing up and through and around your body um, by chanting the mantra. So that's a very powerful one for the morning to get you going. <laughs> Could you give us an example of how, how that goes? Yeah, of mind. course. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to know um, the meaning of it before it's in... Absolutely, yes, the meaning go of for it, it as well. So <laughs> Ek is one, Ong is the creator, Ka is the creation, so this earth. Sat means truth, Nam is name or identity, so the self. Siri is great, Wahe is that kind of beyond description wow, and Guru mm -hmm. is the dispeller of darkness or the teacher. So it's the one creator, creation, the truth, the name, um, that kind of great, amazing wow, and we're dispelling all the darkness with it. So it's a it's a great kind of practice. Wonderful. Okay. Okay. So we'll just uh, we'll just repeat it. I'll just repeat it twice through because it's it's fairly long. So it's a deep breath in, and then starting at the root. Ek, ong. Absolutely beautiful. I always feel that like this such is an, an immediate effect. I just sort of go, I drop my shoulders. My shoulders are always up here. And I just feel them go right down. So yeah. 
you know yeah and even you know even for me when I chant then I could feel I was a little bit tense but as soon as you start to vibrate out you know sending Mm. that energy out from in that case the different chakras as soon as you start you're like oh I'm just drawn into my body Mm. fully you're just really present in that when you're chanting are you aware of are you thinking about the way in which you're chanting um, I recently did that a post actually that you you commented on about the difference between how classical singers are so fixated on technique and that obviously when you're chanting it's that's not what it's about but is there any sort of I need to be on the body that is I need to feel some kind of resonance is that important or does it not matter um so Mantra chanting is definitely not singing. I often get people say, oh, but I can't sing. But we're not singing. <laughs> we're projecting mm. a sound from within. So we're, we're projecting a sacred sound that's going to connect us to something else. You know, it might be to Satnam. It's a very, um, it's, a, it's a seed sound um, in Kundalini Yoga. And it, its literal translation is true self or true name. And so... When you're chanting Sat Nam, there might be guidance around, you know, the Sat is for the count of seven, the Nam is for a count of one. But other than that, it's how it resonates to you. It's how that sound comes out from you. So yes, we might have like guidance on that, for example, long on cars, we want to move up through the chakra system. So you are focusing each mantra is projecting out from a different chakra, but um it's not about kind of your technique or your pitch and you'll find that within one or two rounds of something like a long aircon car you are in perfect pitch and you sound wonderful because you're not thinking about it that's not your Mm. your kind of focus and it just um it just drops in this what it's all about this connection it just you know it starts to radiate connects you to that universal soul and so the energy just flows through you and it does then just become a a a lovely beautiful sound so it's it's possibly the other way around we worry less about the technique we but we do still most you end up with this beautiful quality yes it's so other than the connection to the self what are the main health benefits perhaps the physical health benefits as well as the mental health benefits of kundalini yoga yeah so kundalini yoga um obviously we do move as well so we do a lot of movement um and we might be in postures that um are a little bit more unusual than you'd expect to be in so we're opening up different parts of the body a lot of what we do and even mantra chanting actually um is a is a form of pranayama so a form of breath work you know when we're chanting mantra we're not thinking oh i must take a breath in here but we are taking a breath in there often the breath is longer when we're chanting so it is a form of breath work as well to to chant mantra we do a lot of breath work in kundalini yoga um we connect deeply to the breath and often the movement to the breath as well we um you know we breathe obviously very automatically without thought most of the time very unconsciously so when we bring the conscious awareness to the breath we might notice that we're you know shallow breathing like and actually we're getting Mm, that's why we're so stressed all the time that's why we're so wound up all the time and if we were just to stop drop the shoulders take a big breath your outlook on everything can change so easily it is it is really that simple and it it sounds Mm. you know um it sounds too simple sometimes but 
So, so yes, the, the physical movement's wonderful for, you know, stretching the body. Um, we work on um, all the systems. So we work on, on balancing the nervous system, you know, the sympathetic, the parasympathetic nervous systems. Because if we're in, you know, this high state of alertness, this, this fight, fight or flight mode all the time, again, we're living in this stressful way that our body is, you know, secreting hormones that we don't need because we're not actually running away from a, a lion in the you know, <laughs> sure. chasing us um, we're just stressed about an email someone sent or you know so um we need to regulate that we need to regulate the the nervous system to make sure that we're not you know releasing um our own chemicals but our own hormones into the body to to keep us in this state of awareness when we can relax and we can step back and we can you know live in this kind of calmer space so we work on the nervous system the glandular system as well so um different kriyas work on different so a kriya is a set of exercises okay um yes yeah, so i was gonna the, ask you mentioned that earlier yeah, that's an important yeah. one okay sorry yeah so no no a career is a set of exercises um okay. it's a prescribed set of exercises that go together usually for a specific purpose so it might be um kidneys and adrenals and so all of the exercises within that set are working on um physically releasing um anything from that area of the body whatever the focus is so um you know we might have one for flexibility of the spine um, it's thought in kundalini yoga that um you're you're only as old as the flexibility of your spine so if you you know if your spine isn't flexible at all you're going to start to age you know you're going to get all uncomfortable you're going to kind of start to stoop and but if you practice you can be a hundred and still wonderfully sprightful and, and full of life so um yeah that's that, what we all you know, want <laughs> Exactly. So the 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 different kriya or exercise set will focus on a different element. It could be physical on the body. It could be nervous system related. It could be um, glandular system related. But the focus is really on always just bringing back as much balance as possible, whether it's mm. to the body, the mind, or or the soul or the spirit. Have you noticed? A big impact you obviously you were saying you were in a job before that wasn't fulfilling you what sort of impact did kundalini have on your physicality yeah huge um i mean i i was at the point with that uh lifestyle that it i knew that i needed to step away from it um and um it i i believe it was my practice and going deeper into my practice that provided me with the strength to actually say I'm going to step away from it because it's very easy to stay you know when you're materialistically comfortable why would you step away that's silly. yeah it's very counterintuitive for a lot of people <laughs> yes. isn't it mm. yes exactly um but getting to know myself better gave mm. me the courage to do that and then after doing that was when I decided I was going to do teacher training um to then you know partly really to deepen my own practice because I'd got to a point where I was struggling to find my community um I had a great one online but I didn't have any any in person you know there's a lot of really wonderful teachers all across the world ones that I were resonating with were um were actually in the U.S. and I went to a wonderful retreat with them in Bali and and I came wow. back and I thought where, where's my community <laughs> I need one I need an in-person you know it's so powerful when you're with other people in person and so I thought okay well I'm going to deepen my practice and learn and then in the hope that 
I'll either be able to support or you know a community will fall out of me moving in this direction so um so that's yeah that's why I went off to train um so fundamentally I think it it changed my life it's definitely changed my hasn't changed me as a person but it's changed my um perception of things it's changed mm. what is important to me what what isn't as important to me it's given me um courage and strength um that I didn't have before it's moved a lot of a lot of things away you know we do a lot of clearing work it's very common in fact it's it's more common than not that someone will have an emotional release in a kundalini yoga class so someone will cry or um, you know, and also the opposite way. Sometimes it's just you just find yourself laughing. You think, "What am I laughing?" <laughs> so, but yeah, it, it's, we've all been it's there. Very, <laughs> yeah, it's very common to have an emotional release, and it's very common for someone to you know have a few tears during a class at some mm. point. And um, it definitely did that for me. The practice it released a lot of things that I didn't even realize I was carrying. You know, mm, that weight sure. that holds you down. Um, it opens so yeah. your eyes to what you're hiding from yourself doesn't it that's what I love most Absolutely. about a lot of spiritual practices and that's why they're so important but I also love what you say about community I think aside from the purpose of kundalini itself the community that surrounds it is just beautiful so that post I posted with I think it was Satnam Fest um I just seeing everybody so happy and everyone support no judging there just yeah. everyone enjoying just being devoted to this mantra together is is such a wonderful thing to see and it's so rare now to see things like that and certainly in the west so I want more people to get involved with things like this and I've actually struggled to find a kundalini community in London which is surprising I mean yeah so shocking they've all closed since um covid and they're not going online um and it's that that's so important about it, I, I feel, is it's a crucial yeah. element. Mm. Yeah, I'm in full agreement. I mean, the, the energy and power that you get from um, practicing together, but especially mantra chanting together, it carries you. You go to a different space with it when you're in a group of people because, you know, even if, if at a point it's hard for you, someone's energy over here is rising, so it brings you up with them mm. and you become, you know, one one kind of um, universal energy almost you know this absolutely kind of sense of connectedness and and you can do things you you wouldn't think you you could do you know um at home we might struggle to chant mantra for 11 minutes but put into a room with you know 20 or 30 other people you can do it for two and a half hours like it's yeah. unbelievable you just you bouncing just, off everyone's then, energy yeah and you finish and, you know um you have to do a two and a half hour actually it, uh, we we chanted the um Ekon Carl that I shared with you, but you have to do a two and a half hour practice to to qualify to be a Kundalini Yoga teacher. And um, I just remember at the end thinking, I feel like I've been here for 10 minutes. Where did I go? Like I, I must have <laughs> just gone. So, like, I feel like I've been here for no time at all. Whereas sometimes I can wow. sit at home and like, yeah, 11 minutes on my own. And I'm thinking, why is this still going on? Like it's crazy the difference it makes to be with others. I suppose, I wonder if it has anything to do with in one of my episodes I was talking about um, vibration, the power of vibration and entrainment being really key. And if one person or one object is vibrating at a similar rate to another object that they're likely to then end up vibrating at the same. 
I, I wonder how much has got to do with that or if, if that is what it is, is that you end up vibrating at the same as whoever is next to you and the room around you. I, Very powerful. Yeah, thing. I think, I think, yeah, I think that's probably right. I think that's probably exactly what it is. That, that, I mean, I have no scientific foundation to say this, but that would be my personal experience of it, that you are so connected with the people that you're in that room with. Um, that mm. you, are all, you end up vibrating at the same. Absolutely, it's wonderful. And how and how powerful is intention? Earlier, you said that you don't necessarily need to know the meaning of the mantra, but knowing the meaning of the mantra does that change the power of the practice, or is it not so relevant? I guess the the guidance for a teacher would tell you to share that it's not so relevant. But for me personally, I feel that there is relevance in it. I feel that there's a lot of strength in it, and I, I always share. The meaning of a mantra you know if we're doing mm. a, a mantra for protection and i tell you the words are you know invincible indestructible you're going to feel that because you you know what the word is what it's what its meaning is what it's resonating with so although um the teaching would say you don't need to know because the sound is sacred and it's interwoven with that vibrational frequency so sure. just chanting it will release that um, I do feel that if you have awareness as well, conscious awareness of the meaning and that it does enhance that, I do think that you do get just a little bit more magic from it. I suppose it's, it's like what you were saying about the water. If you're talking to the water, I think it was um, Dr. Emoto's experiment on the consciousness of water when he froze, he said various words to them and then yes. froze them yeah. and then they were these beautiful crystals for yeah. words like love and joy yeah. and then for hate they were these horrible formations yeah. I suppose yeah. it's it's like that because you're aware of the word you're saying not only is the the vibration of what you're saying a powerful positive one but that awareness of it is is just heightens that I suppose for someone attending their first kundalini class what would you say because obviously your experience you were <laughs> shell shocked yeah. a little deer in headlights at first but what would you I definitely was would you say to somebody who who has maybe never been to even a yeah. yoga class before yeah well it, um kundalini yoga is definitely one that is suitable for beginners as well because we don't get into um you know we do work on our flexibility but you there's always this misconception that you need to be really flexible to do yoga I mean any style of yoga you don't it's about moving within the space of your own body but in Kundalini Yoga, our movements are, um, you know, focused on waking up the spine or the body. So often people feel a little bit more comfortable in the physical form. Um, so it's definitely one that I would encourage, um, you know, people to try, even if they feel that, that you know, they're not yogis. Um, it, it, it is a wonderful release um, for the body to, you know, we all kind of, well, a lot of us, not all of us, but sit at desks or in cars. And so we're all forward. So to do, you know, something like a spinal flex, which all we're doing is moving and opening up that space. You, you do a minute of that and you've got noticeably more space in the body. So mm. yeah, I would encourage anyone to, to kind of give it, give it a try from the mantra side. And because we open a Kundalini class with the mantra that we opened with at the beginning on, on Namo Guru Dev Namo, um, it can feel a little bit intimidating if you're not familiar with mantra, if you're not familiar with the style. Um, for me, when I'm teaching, um, I always make sure anybody knew really fully 
feels comfortable with the experience. So I explain what's going to happen. I explain fully that we're going to chant. You know, if you don't want to chant, but you just want to absorb the vibrational frequency for your first few times, that's fine. If you don't know the words, but you want to just make sound equally, that's fine. You're still contributing to that vibrational energy. So that, you know, it's your intention that's, mm, that's sure. on the sound you're making. Um, I think, you know, if you go to a session and those things aren't kind of honored or you feel a bit out of your depth, um, please don't be put off. Please just maybe try and find another teacher who's more aligned to you because the practice is, is so powerful. And sometimes it can just be a, a, a teaching style or the energy of the person who's sharing the practice. Um, you know, I think it's, there's space for everyone to, to give it a try definitely. And you know, you'll find your community if you, if you're open to it. Um, and if the yoga is meant for you, it will find you and it will keep showing up until you accept it. Yeah. <laughs> Great way to make like-minded friends if it's the sort of thing that's for you, I think. Absolutely. Yes. It would be really good to end with um, meditation. Yeah. Is there anything that you could yeah. share with us? Of course. So we'll do the Kirtan Kriya that I mentioned because it is a wonderful, um, wonderful, wonderful practice. Um, it brings that total mental balance to to us. Um, it just brings that kind of whole cycle of life within that whole um, awareness within. And also, as I said, this is one that has got some research around it. So um, if any of your listeners want to kind of look into it, there is some science behind this one too, which I know um, is often quite nice to see. We use um, the mantra Sa Ta Na Ma for this. Sa is the infinite, the cosmos, or um, the beginning, so that energy um, at the beginning. Ta is life or existence. Na is um, death, but in a form of change or transformation, so a, a release, a letting go of something. And Ma is the rebirth, so you know, as in a baby, we might call our mother's Ma, like that is the sound, that's the sacred sound ah, of rebirth. Wow. So we're going to be chanting, at the same time we're going to be using a mudra, so we're going to have our hands moving at the same time. So for Sa, we bring um, the index finger, the Jupiter finger, to touch the thumb. For Ta, the middle finger, which is the Saturn finger, to touch the thumb. Na, the sun finger or ring finger, to touch the thumb. And Ma is the little finger to touch the thumb. Now, we'll do this sequentially, so it will be Sa, Ta, Na, Ma, Sa, Ta, Na, Ma. Perfect. So that's how we're going to practice. Um, if you need anything more to think about, if the mind still can think, um, you're going to visualize the mantra as it comes in. So it will drop in at the top of the head. So a sa, and then come out through the third eye. So it'd be sa, ta, na, ma. That's quite an advanced thing to do because you've got enough going on as it is. Um, but if you are experienced with this and you want to bring that little bit more focus to the intention behind the mantra, that's how you would visualize it coming in through the crown, out through the third eye. But don't worry about that too much if it's, um, if it's one of your first tries. Just focus on the, the fingers and the mudra. This is where we also um, chant in the three volumes. So we have the the just our normal speaking voice, the voice of the human, um, awareness of all things in the world, the whisper, the voice of the lover, um, experience that, that longing to belong, and then the silence where we're just mentally vibrating, that voice of the divine, so that 
infinite energy. Um, normally you do this for um, set amounts of time. We're just gonna do a minute of each just to demonstrate to everyone listening. Normally you do um, three minutes out loud, three minutes whisper, six minutes silent, three minutes whisper, three minutes out loud. So you'd have it as a, a formation going down and coming back up. But we're just gonna practice just as we are, just for a minute of each, just to really get a sense of how it feels to, to meditate with mantra and with mudra. So we're just gonna sit up really nice and tall, nice straight spine. And I'm just gonna invite you to soften or close the eyes if you're comfortable to do so, and if the surroundings allow. We're just gonna sit with the hands resting on the knees, just the palms facing up towards the ceiling. I'm gonna bring my hands up so you can see them, but yours are just soft on the knees. And then when you're ready, we're gonna to start to chant together and using the fingers, the Sa Nama, using Sa index finger, Ta middle finger, Na ring finger, Ma the little finger. Okay, so we'll just take a deep breath in, big breath out, and we'll begin. Sa Ta Na Ma 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 sa ta na Ma. Now we're going to whisper the voice of the lover, the longing to belong. just going to mentally vibrate with the mantra I'll just click so that you can keep the beat the voice of the divine
deep breath in. Just pause the breath, just suspend the breath here. No tension or stress. Just holding, just feeling that space, feeling that clarity of mind, feeling that total mental balance. And exhale. Just stretch the hands up towards the ceiling, fingers out, really stretch the spine, spread the fingers wide, take a deep breath in, keep the hands up, exhale, big breath in, and exhale, just gently sweep the arms down, clearing through the aura. Sat now. Thank you so much. What a lovely way to end. Thank you ever so much. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. I'm really grateful for your time. Could you say a little bit about how you can be found? And I'm yeah. going to leave it in the link as well. But if there's anything you want to share about events coming up or or anything like that, please yeah. please do it. Go ahead. Thank you. So um so yeah, I um, I operate under Raw Elevation, so on all social media platforms, um, Raw as in R A W Raw Elevation, um, on on Instagram, on Facebook, um, RawElevation.com is my website. There are some um, uh, meditations up on the website. There are some audio meditations up on SoundCloud, all linked to from the website as well. Um, I have a monthly. Um, circle online um on the full moon so if anyone does want to give that a try um that's every every month on the full moon i have a circle that i co-host with um with a very wonderful friend um so yeah thank you so so much it's been really wonderful to have an opportunity to share a bit more and i just encourage everyone to to just give it a go i know it can feel mm. a bit silly and i know it can feel a bit out of your comfort zone but it leads to wonderful things so yeah just try that's it the point isn't it yeah what it leads yeah. to is is more important than that moment of feeling oh gosh yes. oh how embarrassing it's so yeah. worth it it's such a wonderful practice but of course there's always going to be that little voice in your head saying yes absolutely i'd encourage people to do the same satnam satnam before you go don't forget to subscribe to this podcast if you wish to stay updated on new episode releases and I would encourage you all to repeat the meditation in this podcast and to check out more of Jo's free meditations on her website, rawelevation.com. You can even buy her a coffee to say thank you by clicking the buy me a coffee link on the meditations and rituals page. <laughs>